You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. I'm Andre Prue from AndreWineReview.ca, and I am joined by... Hi, I'm Steve Saylor. I'm blind, and I play video games on the internet. <laughs> so, as you can tell, Michael is still out gallivanting around the world. Currently, he is in Italy, Ugh, and I've been informed off. he's going to be back for a little while and then off to Florida, so... Since I'm the one who edits and records these, I've still got free reign. And I thought it would <laughs> really be fun to sit down with my friend uh, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's one of the things I'm very aware of when we record this podcast is it does get really nerdy. And there's a good chance that if you're listening to this podcast, you are possibly working for a winery. Or you visit Niagara extremely regularly. Or you visit Prince Edward County. Uh-huh. And uh, I mean, we, me and Michael, we really appreciate the fact that a lot of people who are heavily involved in the industry listen to this. But Steve is my baseline when it comes to drinking wine. I have people over at this house often, but there's something that I've noticed drinking wine with Steve is that Steve is sort of a rain man (laughs) for good wine. Wapner, Wapner. We gotta watch Wapner. (laughs) And and, and what I mean by that is... um, We've all had situations like this where we have someone who isn't really big into wine where they show up at your house and you offer to open a really nice bottle or a bottle that they look as nice. They're just like, oh, don't open that. There's no way that I'll appreciate it. Where when I open wine with Steve, and we've opened some really nice bottles together, mm-hmm. um, Steve has been the person where I've noticed that he's got a great palate. He knows what good wine tastes like, and he's got a really broad taste. Like, there's not one, he doesn't gravitate to one sort of wine, but when I pour something really good into Steve's glass and he's at my house, he (laughs) drinks it very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So when Steve comes over for dinner and we're drinking some inexpensive wine and some expensive bottles mixed in, he'll often turn to me and ask, is it okay if I shotgun this or not? (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of where where that started is just because he noticed that, uh, that the whole shotgun thing, I was like, I just drink really fast, I don't know. So Steve is actually... Come with me to California. Yes. Um, uh, we've been down to Niagara together as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to think, thanks to me, you've got a little bit of a collection in your in your closet at home that you are actually one of the few people who are new into wine, haven't just opened up and, and demolished your little collection <laughs> that you have going. You're actually saving them for a special occasion. Yeah, yeah. I have at least – I mean, it's small. I have like, like about two to three bottles right now. Uh, I say two to three because I can't remember off the top of my head, but two for sure. And uh, one of which is from California. Yes. And that's – we uh, we were there in 2015, right? Comstock so th- Zinfandel. Yes. Which – it, 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 to to my ears, that sounds like oh, that's like that's like one of those wines. It's just like really, that's the one you're saving. But it was good. Like when we went, like it, it went to Comstock. I was like, okay, I think it was the only wine that I actually bought. Well, Comstock was a, a, a fairly new winery. Like they still had some like, stuff under construction while yeah. they were there. And like they're they're uh, they're I guess what they, what do they call it? Like the, the showroom essentially. You mean the, the uh, tasting like room? Fac- oh, the, t- the tasting facility. Yeah, yeah the like they room. were still building it essentially yes. when we got there. So. Yeah, we were we were tasting in a temporary tasting room that was still just like barrels with plywood on top of them. Yeah, but I mean, one of the things about wine, especially when you're traveling, is that uh, you're holding on to that experience in that bottle, and whoever you choose to open that bottle with, you're going to have the story to go with it. Yeah, I do like that. That was one of the things that that kind of gravitated me towards buying it. It was like. This is going to turn into a, a cool story when I actually do open it. And 
I'm just waiting for that. Yeah, that special occasion that time you can just be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to pop this one open. So I'm not really sure where this podcast is going to go. Me and Steve just had a quick conversation before we 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 kind of sat down. But mm-hmm. I have two bottles of wine in, in front of us. So I thought we would just maybe sip on them and sure. and see where this goes. So the first one is brand new at Vintages right now. It's uh, Featherstone Canadian Oak Chardonnay. And I actually brought this because the first bottle of wine, when I kind of had an inkling that you knew what good wine tasted like, was I had a 2008 bottle of wild-ass white from Stratus that I had (laughs) forgotten about on my wine rack. And it wasn't, like, crazy old. This would have been about 2013 when I opened it up. Yeah, probably about that, yeah. And we shared it amongst, like, ten friends. So it was careful pours going around the table. And, you know, I'm talking to people about the wine. You know, this is a blend of a few white grapes. It's a very prestigious winery but by the time i'd gone around the table and filled everyone's glass steve had his head (laughs) tilted back and was getting the last drop out of the glass yeah that's where our our term of shotgun came from was from that (laughs) and i didn't know i like it was and because here's the thing like we're about to like drink some wine i'm like now i'm i'm nervous because i'm like like i yes you say like i've got i've got good taste and i hope that kind of like show okay, but, but itself here's today. The thing, here's the thing, and this is an important thing to know. These are wines that I love, and right. I chose this Chardonnay because it's a similar style to the Wild Ass White. So okay, like it's 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 white grapes that are stored in oak, so it gets a little bit of vanilla, kind of some tropical notes. So you might get some of that on this on this Featherstone. But I mean, we could just start sure. sipping it, and I'm going to ask you the the first question. Let's try the wine, and then okay. I'm going to ask you your your first question. Let's just see where this goes. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. So you obviously like wine enough to trust me to put a microphone in front of in front of your face. To yeah, talk sure. About this. Yeah. What is it you like about wine, Steve? Uh, I. You know what? I don't know. It like honest, like because I I I prefer it more than beer. Because uh, beer is just like yeah, I like having an occasional beer every once in a while. But like, there's that there's that initial sort of like bitterness taste to it that mm-hmm. you have to kind of get over. It's sort of like you got to get used to drinking coffee. Because that bitter taste could, like, it's a little bit of a hump to get over. Whereas wine, yeah, sure, it's got a little bit of, like, a tartness to it. But there's still that kind of hint of sweetness that I like. Mm. And that's something that I prefer more than, than I do any other. Actually, prefer uh, more than any other alcohol. I mean, other than scotch. Scotch is just always good. But uh, I, think, I think a lot of winemakers and people in general would agree it's kind of hard to beat a good whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this one, I'm like... Okay, no, we don't shotgun this one, Steve. Don't shotgun this one? Okay, okay, good. <laughs> I lo- actually, like, I, one thing I noticed, like, right off the hop is, like, there's not, like, that little, there's no kick to it, as, like, other wines have had. What do you mean by kick? No, it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot smoother to, to like, smoother going down than nice. it is pr- than previous wines that okay. I've had. So I'm, 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 I think one of the things a lot of people who are new to wine, especially when you're that person in the room who says, oh, don't open that for me, I want to appreciate it. People like me and Michael, we taste through a lot of wine, so we're able to talk about what things taste like or what characteristics we get from a wine. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you just some questions about what you might be tasting in the wine because I'm just really curious what a Steve Saylor tasting note on on this would be. <laughs> okay, sure. So if when you smell this wine, what would you? How would you describe this to to someone? Um, I guess. Uh, I mean, just and there's no wrong answer. Yeah, I mean, I'd say grape with a like a definitely a hint of vanilla for sure. Um, so I the kind vanilla of... comes from the the oak barrel on it. Oh, okay, all right. And now, when you take a sip, how would you describe that? This tastes. 
again, very smooth. Uh, the taste, uh, it's not. It's weird. It's it's not as tart as uh, some of the like green grapes that I've that I've like that I've had in white wine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I I think I don't know whether it's the vanilla that smooths it out, but it just kind of like it, it's it's very subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I like I I actually do like that like the fact that it's just kind of like it's subtle. It's there. It's like it's not like in your face. Um, and it's a nice like uh, like sippy wine. Like I could just see myself like. Just kind of sitting out in the porch, or whatever, and just kind of and just sipping this Lord as I knows go. We've done that a few times. Yes, we have under well, I mean, under, uh, under California stars, no less. Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Where we drank a bottle of Ridge Three Gorges Infidel, followed by a bottle Bo- of no, Bo- Tubac Chuck. Well, was it a bottle? or Was it a box? Because I bottle. remember it was, it was a bottle. bottle. It, it was, was a bottle. bottle. Okay. It comes in these really cheap glass bottles. <laughs> right. But that was a really really cool night. Right. Uh, but I mean, the most important thing is like so. I guess apart from all these descriptors here, mm-hmm. which are obviously not important, not important to you, but do you like the wine? Yeah, yeah, I do. Cool. Yeah. All right, so let's try. Did I get it? Did I get it right? No, there is no. Okay, <laughs> well, so, okay, yeah, no, I know. I mean, but I'm like... I mean the, the real point, the real purpose of doing this is like it's it's certainly not to make you look stupid. Sure. No, I, get, um, I, I, I understand that. Yeah, I know. I just like... But there is no right or wrong answer because okay. people are going to taste different things out of, out of the wine. And, and, and even Michael and I, some, most, more often off the microphone than on the, on the microphone, we'll get into arguments about... Little arguments about what we can taste out of this. Because, sure. I mean, to me, when I smell this, like, I get the vanilla. The vanilla is, mm-hmm. like, a big thing from the, from the oak. But if I really, really smell it, it kind of smells a little bit like banana and pineapple. Like, like really ripe pineapple, not... Oh not yeah, I can. Pineapple. I can. Yeah, when you mention that, I can. I can definitely smell like. Yeah, it's not. As, it's not as strong as the vanilla, but I can definitely like. Yes, the vanilla feel is like definitely like front and center, and then yeah. on top of that, I also pull a little bit of like baking spice. If I were to open up like uh, a, a nutmeg, allspice, and ginger beside each other, it smells a little bit like gingerbread spice mixed mm. in with the vanilla. See, I don't get the spice at all. That's that's what's weird. The thing is, I really get the spice because when I put this in my mouth, I get a little bit of spice on the finish when this starts to roll off the back of the tongue. But I oh. think my favorite thing that you said about this wine, though, is that it, it's it's smooth. And it's just the way this wine is, is made, Chardonnay made in a barrel, the winemakers generally try to make the wine so that it has a creamy feel to the mouth. And that's just how they deal with the grapes in the barrel. I mean, sure. most people I actually, list- I'd say it's probably the smoothest wine that I think you've, you've given me. Uh, I think it's just because we haven't had wine together in quite some time. Uh, that could be true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. But I mean, we don't need to go over malolactic fermentation, but mm. if anyone wants to Google that, the malolactic fermentation would have a lot to do with why this is smooth. I'm just going to smile and nod and pretend like I know what the, that meant. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got another wine here. Yes. This is a Henry of Pelham 2016 Pinot Noir the Speck Family Reserve. Now, I've actually, I, I actually have brought over Henry Pelham wines before to your house. Yeah, I uh, wish I kept better track. No, 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 because that, that's the thing. It's like it's one of those. Uh, I kind of grew up near that yes. uh, winery. Uh, oh yeah, so, you're from St. Catharines. Yeah, yeah. So like, and I Pelham was just like like ten minutes away from from where I used to live, like off of Pelham Road. Uh, so it was a uh, like it was kind of like the one thing that kind of stood out to me. Ooh, okay. I I can't tell. I'm gonna say nothing about this wine because I want to okay. get your thoughts about it about it first. But so, what do you think? It's just as smooth as as the uh, as the white. Interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. 
So I, I guess I'll tell you one thing. Pinot Noir is referred to by many people as the heartbreak grape. Oh, it's really? the heartbreak grape because for winemakers, it's really difficult to do great things with. Oh, okay. But, okay, well, actually, so, so it's smooth going down, but it has a little bit of a, of a kick on the back of the tongue yeah. uh, after, after a little bit. Especially yeah. more on the second sip. Yes, yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think what... what it tastes like there's definitely there's definitely a woodiness to it for sure i think okay. it's i, I think i'm tasting the barrel yeah, like for a sure bit of vanilla to it again um actually i'm leaving the witness i'm sorry judge it, uh no actually i would i would say dev, not vanilla uh i don't know i don't know Actually, I'm going to tag it in this post on my website, andrewinereview.ca, but you actually tasted um, Pinot Noir with me, you and Anya, my lovely girlfriend. Yeah. We did the two vineyards side by side of the Coyotes run, the Red Paw and the Black Paw. Where right. I mean, and we sat there for two hours drinking this bottle of wine until we could put our fingers on what, what, what the it difference was, was yeah. between, the, between the two. I think this one, uh, it has a bit of a... Pear. Pear? Yeah. That's interesting. Like, it kind of, like... For the people especially listening on the, to this on the podcast, back end, yeah. For the people listening to this podcast, this is red Pinot Noir. This is regular, like, really high-end reserve Pinot Noir. So pear is something that would be unusual to find in my tasting notes or Michael's tasting notes oh, or okay. any other writer's tasting notes. It's more on the on the, on the back end of it than, than when, when the initial sort of taste of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what. It, I don't, yeah, pear. For some reason, I just that's a, that's the thing that. What kind of with. what kind of pear? Um, like you don't need to give me the name, but like like really ripe pear, bruised pear, a, a tart, tart, a tart pear. pear. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Interesting. Like I can almost imagine like it would be like a green or a yellow pear. Oh, that's interesting. So, on the notes to this, I'll go through what what my tasting notes are going to say when I put this up on my website. I've got like it's it's cranberry and cherry and sour cherry on the nose. Oops, and there's sorry. like a little bit of maybe cocoa cocoa on the nose, but that's just that's that's what I'm getting from the barrel. Um on the palate, in my mouth I'm getting fruit very similar to what I smell on there. But there's also a note of like the smell of campfire smoke of what I taste. I, that's that's what yeah okay when I said woody smell like yeah it was more like a, I didn't want to say no, smoke because no, 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 no. I didn't want to like well because want to like cook, I, cook the books here no 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 like I, I definitely a very smoky kind of thing especially because I I just did like the the, the what do you call this the swirling spin, yeah, swirling it. yeah because I I didn't really do that thoroughly before when I first ate like so like now this the smell definitely feels like glass yeah and, I, and I, it's I mean, definitely smoky for sure we're, we're about to sit down and have pot roast in a little bit but what I'm gonna do is set this bottle aside because when you say there's a bit of like kick on the finish. I guess Pinot Noir is usually soft and delicate. Right. And it, it can have a bit of a kick, especially from Ontario. But the kick, I'm putting this in air quotes. In my opinion, the kick usually comes more from like an earthy note that you get from the wine. But I don't mm. get a lot of earth in this. What I get, that the kick I'm getting on the finish is it's a bit tannic. Like it's kind of grippy on the back of the mm -hmm. tongue. Mm -hmm. But I think if I leave this out on the counter for about an hour, it's going to relax and become really smooth and gorgeous. So we're, oh, okay. we're going we're gonna to set this aside after we're done the podcast and doing that. Now, I'm sure you and I have, have, have talked about this. And at the beginning of the podcast, 
You said that you're blind. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to talk real quick so we can let people know how much you can see, and then sure. we're gonna we're gonna go on a bit of a trip about how you taste and if that maybe sure. affects things. So, you're legally blind. Yes. Yeah. I have a condition that's called uh, nystagmus, which means it's an involuntary uh, movement of my eyes. So that, that basically my eye moves back and forth. I can't control it. It's just a muscle that is just there that is just constantly moving my eyes. And it just basically makes my eyes really blurry. So to kind of put in perspective, like uh, for those who may not know, like 20-20 vision, you know, that's sort of like that's nor considered normal vision. Uh, that means that something that is 20 feet away looks like it's 20 feet away. I wear glasses, and they're pretty thick glasses, and all they really do is just uh, clear everything up. So it doesn't really allow me to see better. It just clear, like, makes everything come into focus. And then with my glasses on, my vision is 2200. So when something that's 20 feet away, it looks like it's 200 feet away. Uh, and then that's uh, with my glasses off, I think it's like 2400 or something like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty strong. Uh, so yeah, I am considered uh, uh, under the government of, of Canada uh, legally blind uh, in that sense. And uh, yeah, it just, and it's weird that I, that, that it's, I, I do what I do. But uh, yeah, but I think it's 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 great um, because you've just launched a new podcast series where, like, obviously you're a guy in your 30s. You grew up around video games, and mm -hmm. it's a challenge playing video games when you can't see great, especially nowadays where games are moving so fast. So For sure, you've got a really great uh, YouTube series and a podcast. The, the YouTube series is Blind Gamer, mm -hmm. where you play video games and you're terrible at them because you can't see great but yeah. just, your love of video games comes through that and now you've started a new podcast where you're going to be talking to people in the video game industry about accessibility and video games yeah i kind of wanted to sort of blend a lot of things that i was always interested in and uh so yeah youtube definitely that came about because i just wanted to build i thought it'd be funny to record myself playing a video games and and just put it up for my friends and then slowly over time actually like my channel kind of went viral a little bit and uh, i gained like a thousand subscribers within 24 hours after uh, someone from Greece posted it. Shout out to Greece. Yeah, Greece is fantastic in that regard. Uh, and I was like, okay, there's there's definitely something here. And then so I just really kind of ramped up doing Blind Gamer, and I've been doing it since 2015. And just recently, yeah, I just launched uh, my podcast. And that was something that that kind of I've been wanting to do for a while, but it what really kind of put it to a head was uh, a couple months ago, I was invited to talk to a bunch of game developers at an Ubisoft conference. Okay. Uh, for those who know Ubisoft, they make the Assassin's Creed games. Uh, so it's just kind of uh, it, like that's the main kind of thing. I mean, the important thing is it's a huge company. Yes. And they have a large uh, office in Toronto. Yeah. So they put together this sort of game UX summit where they invited me to talk about accessibility on a panel about accessibility. And there was people from like Bungie who make the, the Halo video games. Uh, Bungie, also a huge company with an office in Toronto? Uh, not Toronto, no. They have a, they're out of Seattle. They're basically okay. like, they're Microsoft. So Microsoft okay. was also their Xbox, some people from Sony from PlayStation, that kind of cool. thing. Cool, so you were a big deal. Uh, sure, yeah. I was actually the only gamer that was on a panel. Like everyone else was always, a, was all a game developer. And it was talking to them that made me kind of realize that accessibility is A, something that is that is actively being talked about within the game development community, but also something that is starting to kind of gain some steam as far as getting people like more gamers who have accessibility obstacles 
to try to be able to play video games. And one guy from Microsoft said, uh, told me, he goes, we want to be able to make games that everyone can play. And that really kind of stuck with me. And so I really wanted to kind of showcase a lot of that and showcase some games that have accessibility uh, built into it that I can be able to play because I, I have a low vision sort of uh, approach to it. And so, yeah, I wanted to talk to on my podcast game developers, not only just for, that are working on accessibility, but just game developers in general and then accessibility advocates and also just kind of some of my fr- cool friends too that are just very creative and I wanted to be able to chat with them and uh, also talk about kind of what I'm playing, what I'm enjoying. and Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a, a cool project. Um, the one question I have though, bringing this back to wine sure. and, and, and food, because um, you've been blind since birth, right? Yes, correct. Do you think, and I guess it's obviously hard to tell you because you, you didn't have your vision and then, and then lose it, mm-hmm. but do you think that you taste things differently than someone who who sees or like, is there more of a focus on your other senses given the fact that you don't see as well as other people? And I know this is for, there's some people who are listening to this who are probably rolling their eyes because it's the stupid comic book question about, mm. you know, someone without vision being able to have heightened senses. But right. I'm just, I mean, I, I just, uh, no, you need to know. You're correct. Actually. Like there, there is a little bit of heightened senses in there. Like my, uh, my hearing is definitely something that uh, I noticed with, as an adult, that's a little bit more heightened than, than normal. Uh, and I feel like that for me, when it comes to food and 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 wine, uh, texture is just kind of also a very big thing for me because that's something that uh, like it could like I don't care if it like if if the food or the wine kind of like just looks like whatever it looks like could look like garbage to me if like if it if it tastes good and also if the texture is good it doesn't really bother me so Actually, I could eat if you go back and we rolled the tape back the first thing you said about both wines had to do with texture. The first word oh, out of your mouth right. about I didn't even the think about that. Yeah. was smooth. Yeah. The first word out of your mouth about the Pinot Noir was smooth and then smooth with kick. Yeah. yeah actually, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's just that, – again, that's just kind of part of sort of how I, how I taste. And so I enjoy food a lot more actually as an adult when I kind of know and I, I could appreciate it in that regard. And uh, especially kind of being at your place, you've, uh, I've tasted some amazing uh, wine and food uh, here well, that – uh, uh, that I'm like, yes, okay, this is uh, this is this is what uh, is what food and, and wine should should taste like. And actually, like, <laughs> and and you by kind of like a sort of showcasing a lot of amazing wines to me, like it's it's sort of weird. I can tell now, like w- like what is like especially like just kind of mind barometer is like it does it does it taste like crap or does it taste great? And I've tasted so many great wines that I now know what uh, like without even really knowing a lot about the wine like if it tastes like crap now if you don't know what crap tastes like or you're not sure you should invite steve to your house and (laughs) if the wine sits in his glass for more than 15 minutes it's probably crap uh probably yeah i was about to say like no maybe not but i'm like yeah no if i'm like (laughs) if i don't finish it then i'm like yeah yeah, that's that's that's, the ultimate like no no and i've never seen you not finish yeah, a, a glass of wine in, in my house. Yeah. So let, let's just wrap up real quick. Sure. Uh, if people want to check out what you're doing, how can they find you? Uh, you can go to two places. Uh, YouTube.com slash Snowball is my YouTube channel. And then uh, I also have a Patreon where you can be able to get episodes of Blind Gamer early and also episodes of the podcast early uh, at Patreon.com slash Steve Saylor. And I'm Andre Pru from AndreWineReview.ca. Here's a plug for Michael who will be back. Um, on a permanent basis after this podcast because he's done traveling, but michaelpincuswinereview.com. Uh, you can still send your angry phone calls and emails to him because uh, he deserves <laughs> them more than I do. 
And um, I guess at the end of this, oh yes, uh, subscribe on iTunes, tell everyone about it. And uh, we usually just sign off by saying good night. So Steve, you want to take us away? Sure. Yeah. Uh, good night, and as always, we no, remain I ruined it already. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.